Good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we are hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Honeybush Hot Cider Herbal Tea from Artful Tea. Honeybush is a full-bodied cousin of rooibos with a slightly sweeter taste. The addition of apple, cinnamon, orange peel, and licorice root give this, del- this blend its delicious hot cider flavor. While it contains no caffeine, Honeybush Hot Cider Tea is very high in antioxidants. So sit back with your cup of tea and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. A warm teacup welcome to all those who are joining in with us today. Last week was such an enjoyable time as we recorded live with our New Beginning Fellowship. I think that everyone really enjoyed our time together. I know that I certainly did. And who knows, maybe we even picked up some more regular listeners. We started to look at words or phrases that might be misunderstood or ones we just aren't that familiar with or really know what exactly they mean in scriptures. So continuing on that path today, I want us to delve deeper into the understanding of the word hyssop in scripture. Now at first glance, there's really nothing special about hyssop. In 1 Kings 4, 33, Solomon spoke about, uh, he said, a tall growing cedar of Lebanon and the hyssop that grew out of the wall. This, of course, shows us the opposite ends of the spectrum from big and beautiful to small and stark, but he just kind of cast it off. Hyssop is an herb that is native to the Mediterranean region. It's an evergreen plant that originally grew in southern Europe and the Middle East and Central Asia, and it's now classified as a garden herb and is part of the mint family. The hyssop plant is also a perennial which means, of course, it can survive for several years with at least some new growth on it each season. It can grow to about one and a half feet in height, and in summer, its flowers bloom in different colors, such as violet, white, and red. The valuable flavoring and medicinal properties of hyssop have been known for centuries. It is a distinctive, bitter taste that adds a warmth to foods like salads, fish, meat, and vegetables. And it's been used as an ingredient in desserts and honey. And of course, being tea time, we have to mention that any tea made from this plant has been known to help with physical problems in the throat, nose, and lungs. And it can also be applied externally to bruises on top of the skin as a healing balm. But for our purposes, and what hyssop is in scripture goes quite a bit deeper. Hyssop That bushy plant that, again, generally grows in an arid, rocky place had a principal feature. Its sponge-like shoots were able to collect moisture and then transfer that moisture to other objects, particularly if the plant was shaken. The simple but effective ability to collect and disperse liquids made this quite suitable for the most significant functions in both the Old and New Testaments. Looking all the way back in the Old Testament to the book of Exodus in chapter 12, the hyssop is used at the very first Passover. It is taken to spread the blood across the door frames. In Leviticus 14, 
verses 4 through 7, the hyssop and the blood are again used in the ceremony cleansing of the leper. And then in Numbers 19, hyssop is used for cleansing someone who had touched a dead body. So when the Hebrews used blood-dipped hyssop leaves to mark the doorways of their homes, what that was signifying is that God had set apart his people as pure, as not targets of the judgment that he was about to deliver. For us today, let's continue looking in the Psalms to an instant where King David shares with us about hyssop. We're going to look at Psalm 51, so I hope you have your Bibles. Psalm 51 has 19 verses in it, and I'm not going to read all of those just to, to be sensitive to our time, but we're going to carve out only about seven of those verses. But even from those seven, we're really just going to scratch the surface of one verse, again, for time's sake. But I hope you have your Bible and join with me as I begin reading Psalm 51, and I will start in verse 5. I think you'll be familiar with this. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice." Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Again, such a packed passage of scripture, but we're going to focus primarily on verse 7, where King David is echoing here uh, the spiritual significance of hyssop in this prayer for deliverance to the Lord. David is not referring to a physical cleansing as he writes. He is asking God to cleanse him spiritually. As you'll remember, Psalm 51 is David's prayer of repentance after he has sinned with Bathsheba. And within this prayer, he expresses the supreme confidence in the faithfulness of God to forgive. And we come to verse 7, and he says, Purge me with hyssop. Now, for some, it might seem like an odd request to ask God, of course, unless you are familiar with the Scriptures, then you know that asking God uh, to use the hyssop plant and how it has been used, as we discussed earlier, this is a literal asking of his sins to be wiped away or covered. David, expressing his confidence, again, in the power of God to restore him, and he uses that word purge. Now, one definition of the word is to rid someone of an unwanted feeling, memory, or condition, typically giving a sense of physiological and emotional release. Purge as the verb, meaning it is an action that David is requesting God to actually do to him. The NIV translates Psalms 51.7 as, Cleanse me with the hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Purge cleanse with the hyssop. 
For David, the hyssop was a means of cleansing his sins. Basically, the hyssop branch is a means by which the blood of the sacrifice was transferred to the sinner. Now, let's look to see where hyssop shows up in the New Testament for just a minute. <clears throat> I'm wondering right now if any of you remember. If, if we were only sitting with the New Beginning Fellowship again, I wonder how many hands might go up. At home, I hope you're thinking about it. But as we look into the New Testament, we can go right to the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus. In John 19, beginning in verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And now a vessel of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Now stay with me for just a minute. As we're going to look at all the symbolism that's shown right there in those verses. Jesus drinking the sour wine. All the way back in Psalm 75, it states that for in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. And then in Matthew 26, Jesus prayed, O Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. We see that the cup of sour wine that Jesus drinks on the cross, it's representing the cup of God's wrath, which we all deserve to drink because of our sins. The cup that could be taken away from Jesus, even if he didn't drink it, but it's the cup of God's wrath that could not be taken away unless Jesus drank it on our behalf so that our sins could be forgiven. Notice, though, that this wine representing God's wrath was transferred to Jesus on the hyssop branch. That hyssop plant, that sour wine symbolizing, again, the substitutionary death of Christ on our behalf, dipped in the wine, touched to his lips, it is finished. Christ died in our place. Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath that we were supposed to drink. There's no doubt. There's, there's no way that it's accidental. God ordained that the hyssop branch showed up right there at the crucifixion to remind everyone who was at that point watching that all those times in the Old Testament, all those times in Scripture, all those symbolic rituals in the Old Testament were pointing to this moment. God was reminding His people. God's reminding us. It was not the blood of the lamb spread over your door frame with the hyssop that allowed the angel of death to pass over when they were leaving Egypt. It wasn't the blood of animals that Moses sprinkled with the hyssop that appeased the wrath of God. It was the coming of the shed blood of the perfect, sinless lamb, the Son of God, whose blood cleansed our sins. God led them out of Egypt. God paid the price for rebellion, and the hyssop, Christ in the Old Testament, the symbol, now looks at it with one symbolizing fact, Jesus Christ, our Savior. I didn't mean to jump into preaching there, I'm sorry. Looking back at David, 
He may not have fully understood what he was saying here in Psalm 51, but he prayed, purge me with the hyssop. He was praying that God would release him of the judicial, of the emotional, of the physical, spiritual burden that he was under because of his sin. We are by our very nature sinful, and we cannot fix ourselves. But David's words show us that we don't have to stay stuck in that place. If we'll just admit our need for God's touch and humbly ask for His forgiveness, He will bring about that deep cleansing. The shed blood of Christ on the cross has made us righteous before God. Hebrews describes an exchange in chapter 9, verses 13 and 14. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Like David We'll find ourselves lifting up praise and worship. We'll be giving testimony. We'll be desiring to help others know God more. We can't measure the joy and thanks. It would be impossible. The hyssop plant symbolizes the chance that God offers to be washed clean of sin. It's also a reminder that He uses everything including our failures, including those times where we miss the mark and we end up making a mess. He can use them for our good. Be encouraged today. We can be clean from a purging of the hyssop, but only from the branch that's dabbed with the blood of Christ. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Have you ever really given much thought to hyssop before today? A word that easily goes unnoticed, yet it is found throughout Scripture as a symbol of cleansing and purging. In moments when God's wrath is present, we find hyssop pointing us to God's grace and mercy. Hyssop reminds us that we don't have to stay stuck in our sin, our failures, our brokenness. Hyssop points us to the truth that God offers cleansing as He applies the blood of the Lamb to our lives. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. What a reason to rejoice. We look forward to spending time with you next week, but until then, may your cup overflow with his blessings.